Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. From KQED. I'm Devin Katayama, and you're listening to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. Mills College announced that it's going to stop granting degrees. And for lots of students, faculty, and alumni, it feels like they're losing something really important. Because for a long time, this small women's college in Oakland has been a place for people who care about the arts and about social justice. It has turned out generations and generations of forthright, powerful people. Today, the history and legacy of Mills College and its impact on the Bay Area. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Mills College is this small private college in Oakland. It has an undergraduate women's program uh, for women and gender non-binary students, and then it has this graduate program for students of all genders. Chloe Veltman is an arts and culture reporter for KQED. Now, on March the 17th, Mills came out with this statement, basically saying because of the economic burdens of the COVID-19 pandemic and structural changes across higher education and their declining enrollment and their budget deficits, they have to make a tough decision to shift away from being a degree-granting college. Certainly the pandemic uh, really exacerbated uh, a long ongoing financial problem that the school was having. And this is a problem that uh, is faced by all kinds of higher education establishments from large public universities to small private colleges. But I think because of trends towards declining enrollment and such, the small colleges have been hit particularly hard. And um, because of the pandemic, of course, that is just seems exponentially worse. So what was the response to this news this month, especially from alumni and students? 
So the reaction was widespread um, outrage. When I say we are, you say Millstrong. We are! Millstrong! We are! Millstrong! Across the board, people very upset, very angry and very bewildered. And so they took to the streets um, last Friday. There was a big protest. Uh, at least 100 people gathered outside Mills College. There was a bunch of media there. And they are calling for leadership to be more transparent. And, um, you know, students, alums and uh, and faculty uh, called for, the, for more transparency and for the campus to find a way to continue doing the work it's been doing for nearly 170 years. So I think most students or alum would be pretty upset to hear that their college is closing, or at least won't be granting degrees anymore. But we're also talking about a pretty small private college. So what are some of the things that makes Mills unique? Mills College is famous for churning out incredibly outspoken, politically uh, motivated people. The college is unusual. It's on the West Coast. There aren't too many uh, women's colleges on the West Coast. Mills has this proud legacy of, of protest. We are intelligent, articulate women. We have control of every administration building on that campus. The administration has not acted in good faith. It wasn't so long ago, back in 1990, when the school tried to go co-ed and Mills students and faculty protested so hard, made so much noise that actually the school decided not to do that. The students are boycotting classes even though finals begin next week. It developed this reputation over the years as being um, incredibly inclusive, though that inclusivity was was hard won. I think it was important for me to have sort of a safe or safer space to figure out who I was. And like definitely queerness was a part of that. I spoke with Nia King, who graduated from Mills College in 2011, and she says it was a place that was very welcoming to some LGBTQ people like her. But also Mills was a place where students pushed the school to do more to include trans and gender non-conforming people. I met someone who I then dated for five years when I was at Mills, who is a transgender man, and his experience was so different from mine. So, you know, she says that the trans students at the time fought very, very hard to be heard. And um, and eventually in 2014, um, the school became the first uh, women's college in the U.S. to have this official admissions policy for, stra- for trans students. What about like the type of education that students get at Mills? There's some really special things about um, education at Mills. It has some very, very unusual programs, like, for example, this very, very highly respected program in book arts, which has come close to the brink of shutting down a couple of times. The school also has an incredible, incredible legacy um, for its arts programming. There were so many famous people who who taught there and studied them, in composers like Lou Harrison, Pauline Oliveros. You know, you had graduates like Laurie Anderson coming out of there, Dave Brubeck. But then you also have this very strong social justice programming. It also sounds like it was an amazing community. It has been an amazing community there for such a long time. Many people I spoke with talk about how close they are, even decades later, to the people that they met there. My name's Ariel Gore, and I 
went to Mills and uh, I transferred there actually in 1992 and graduated from there in 1994. Ariel Gore was a single mom. She lived in campus housing and, and she graduated with a degree in communications and economics. And, you know, she tells an interesting story about how, you know, she was casting around trying to find a place to go and get an undergraduate degree. And it was 1990 and she turned on the telly and she saw all these women at Mills College protesting because Mills wanted to go co-ed at that point. Um, that's what kind of gave me the idea, like, oh, my God, like there's feminists at Mills and they're having this big protest and they look like lesbians, but I should go there. Um, and so uh, and so I went there. And the thing she said about going there was that she's she saw herself very much as a recluse who'd sit in the back of class and not say anything. Well, the thing about Emil's education is that the classes are small <laughs> and the professors really, really care. And there yeah. is no sitting in the back and keeping quiet. You know, to be a writer, to be a public person, you have to be able to answer the phone. You have to be able to talk at a minimal level. <laughs> and that's basically what I spent my two years there doing was learning how to talk and learning how to not be in the background. She was able to develop her career and become this public persona. You know, she's written 10 books and she runs this fabulous magazine about mo- the culture and politics of motherhood. And she says that uh, if she hadn't been called out in class and forced to speak, she could never have done any of that. You know, it, it sounds like there's this strong program in the arts, but then also this rigorous focus on social justice. How do those two kind of play into each other? And, and what have the people that you've talked to said about that? I mean, if you think about it in the Bay Area, the art scene here is very, very closely allied with social justice movements. I mean, it feels like a lot of the art that comes out of this region is dealing with race equity, gender equity, all kinds of different uh, disabled rights, for example, all kinds of different equity. It's very much um, part of the fabric of the art making and the social justice making here. I know that there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen to Mills, but what do we know at this point about what what might happen? What seems to be fairly certain at this point to happen is that, um, that, that Mills will no longer confer undergraduate and graduate degrees after 2023. The next thing is that Mills is going to transform into something they're calling a research-focused institute and that it will go forward sustaining Mills mission. I spoke with Elizabeth Hillman, the president of Mills, on the Mills campus the other day. And I think we're at the beginning still of that design process. I think that its impact could sound in many different areas, um, ensuring campus activities continue in certain ways, community connections continue, um, support for scholarship and research and educational outcomes. The other big change that seems to be happening is a coming closer together of Mills College and UC Berkeley. These two schools have had something of a relationship in recent years. Um, There's been a little bit of flow between the two campuses um, um, in terms of housing, some classes, but there was the announcement uh, on March 25th of this program, this brand new program that's going to bring 200 UC Berkeley first year students of all genders to live and study on the Mills campus during the 2021-22 academic year. Neither Elizabeth Hillman nor UC Berkeley uh, is denying the possibility that these two schools may become even closer. 
To continue its mission, Mills will need to work with other academic institutions. And UC Berkeley is a great institution here in the Bay Area who we've worked with for a long time. And we are in conversations about what we might be able to do together that we can't do apart. And we will definitely continue those conversations and share more with our community as, as they mature. Whether we will see an eventual takeover or merger situation, uh, no one really knows yet. But things seem to be pointing in that sort of direction. So if it happens, I don't think we need to be too surprised. Mills College seemed to have provided a space for students to both explore and study and be in a place that was really unique. And now that the college is going away, at least in its current form, can you talk a little bit about what's lost? You know, these very unusual curriculums, um, these these unusual programs, these small classes taught by faculty members who deeply, deeply care and are going to call on you no matter what and help you find your voice and, um, you know, give you those 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 uh, give you a lot of very, very personal attention. I mean, the fact, for example, that you can go to Mills and study letterpress. (laughs) I mean, it's extraordinary. There aren't too many places you can do that, you know. I mean, in a world right now where because school is so expensive um, and opportunities are getting tighter and families feel like they have to, if they get to go and do a, a higher education degree, it better be something that they can, you know, immediately get a good job in and pay off student debt. Mills had these programs that were really about edifying the soul. You know, there are small liberal arts colleges all over the country, but there there's something that feels very Bay Area about Mills College. Can you talk about how the Bay Area affected the college and also how the college affected the Bay Area? Well, the Bay Area affected the college because Mills was very much responding as, as a place that nurtured um, women uh, in a way that was sort of outspoken and, and opened their eyes to what was going on outside of the little bubble of campus um, was very much in keeping with the, the, the social justice movements going on in the Bay Area through time. The Bay Area has been a a bastion in this country, a leader for social justice. And Mills has very much kept pace with those developments, Um, you know, whether that be in the 70s, pushing for racial equity to more recently in the 2000s or so for um, recognition of non-gender conforming people. Mills has really been a trendsetter for other colleges around the country, other women's colleges. The way in which that um, that Mills has, has impacted the Bay Area is that it has turned out generations and generations of forthright, powerful people who've gone on to kind of be here, make their work here, and uh, basically have this transformative effect on our region as a result. Chloe, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. There is a group of students and alumni who want to organize to save Mills College. They've created a hashtag called Save Mills, but in the end, any final decisions will need to be made by the college's board of trustees. Meanwhile, if the current plan moves forward, new students in the classes of 2024 and 2025 will have to graduate early or transfer to another school. Thanks to Chloe Veltman, KQED arts and culture reporter, and to KQED reporter Gabriela Frenes for covering the rally over the weekend. 
This episode was edited and mixed by Alan Monticilio and Aditi Banlamudi. Shailen Martos chose the music and helped write our web and social copy. And Isabeth Mendoza writes our weekly newsletter. I'm Devin Katayama. That's it from us. Talk to you next time. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.